On today's podcast, do you ever wonder why it is so hard for you to save money for your future? And so easy to spend money on yourself today? Keep listening to find out. So Shirley, have you heard of the marshmallow test? Yes, I have. Tell us all about it. What do you know? So I remember watching on Instagram, uh, usually what happens is a parent teases the kid with their favorite treat. So let's just say marshmallows. Yeah. And they'll say, hey, little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. That's how parents talk to their kids. Yeah. Hey, little boy. (laughs) Hey, little Tom. I have two marshmallows for you, but you're not going to get it until I come back into the room. And they say, okay, don't touch it. And then they leave the room. Yeah. And of course, they have a video recording of this going on the entire time. Yeah. And then you can see the little boy struggle to not touch the marshmallow and not eat it. And then after, I don't know how many seconds, the parent comes back in and then they celebrate because <laughs> the little boy did not touch the marshmallow. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's exactly that. And this is actually a test that Stanford did in like the 70s. Um, and it, exactly what you said, right? They, they show kids, and these were kids between ages of three and six. They show them a treat they like, usually a marshmallow. That's why it's called the marshmallow test. Um, and the idea is to test whether their, their child has, you know, self-control. Or really, if they can delay gratification. And the super fascinating part about it, because they followed, because it was done in the 70s, they followed these kids, and they found that the ones that were able to wait, right, and delay that gratification actually performed really, really well in many other unrelated marshmallow things throughout life, like better SAT scores, better jobs, better careers. And so very interesting that it all comes down to can you delay gratification for something you could get now for something you could get in the future. Very interesting. So how does this tie to finances? Canadians really struggle saving for their future, right? And that's kind of the topic for us today to say, why, right? Is there a deep-rooted psychological reason that people just don't want to save for the future? So we're going through a pandemic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our financial situations change. Yep. For myself, for example, I stopped commuting to work. Um, I start, stopped going out for entertainment. I now cook at home a lot. So the way I spend money and save money really changed. Yep. And f- I think for many Canadians, I think there was a poll that was um, administered recently. About half of them saved more money. Yep. But the other half didn't save as much as they would have if there was no pandemic. Yep. So yeah, people have actually saved more money. In fact, credit scores have gone up by 30% on average, which means people are spending less, saving more. But the most interesting part, like you said, is, hey, first of all, half of the people aren't even saving money. The half that are saving money, very few of them, so only half of them, so just like 25%, actually said, hey, we saved something for our retirement. And in fact, the number of people that said they didn't save for retirement has gone up. So it's like 63%. This year versus 58% pre-pandemic. So less people are actually saving for their future, even though they're saving more, right? But they're still not saving for their future. And it's really baffling because we're actually entering what we call a retirement crisis. We're living longer. Things are costing more, right? Um, But people are saving less. So it feels counterintuitive. So there's lots of tips and guidelines on how to save money. For example, having an emergency fund. Um, Some people say having three to six months of uh, expenses saved up is what you should do. Some people say uh, invest 15% of your income into something is something that you should look into. But Manisha, you recently read a really interesting study on how to save money differently. 
Yeah, in fact, it's not just even how to save money differently. It's the real reason that we struggle to save for a future self. So this study is done out of Harvard, and it's based on a mountain of other research that says that when we think about our future self, we have no emotional connection to that person. So it's kind of like saying, hey, you can eat this marshmallow today. So you surely can eat mm-hmm. this marshmallow today. Or you can wait for this random future Shirley person who you have no idea what she looks like, who she is, might as well be a stranger of the road and just save it for her so she can have two. And you're like, why would I do that? I would just eat the one marshmallow right now. Yes. So how do you make me care about future Shirley? So what they did in this study is they actually aged using technology. They aged these folks and showed them a photo of their self looking older, right? And giving them some attributes, making them look real. Um, so there was two sets of groups. One group didn't see this photo at all. And they were asked, hey, how much are you going to save for retirement, right? Given $1,000. And when they looked at a photo, um, they were asked the same question. So if you were not shown a photo of yourself, you would save roughly 4.4%. Right? You're like, hey, that's fine. This is important. I've heard it's important. Let me do it. Um, but if you were actually shown a photo of yourself, you would increase that by over 50%. So can you put that in dollar terms? What does that mean? Yeah. The average Canadian makes $55,000 a year. right? Okay. And so if you're saving about 4.4%, that's roughly 2400 If you save more than that, which is after you've been shown a photo of yourself that's been aged, you're actually saving 3400 on an annual basis. Now, the difference may not seem that material, but if you are, let's say, 30 years today and you are saving this on an annual basis right and you're putting it in the market uh, and your earning rate of return roughly seven percent which is very average the difference grows to a hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars which is really substantial because the only difference is I showed you a picture of you looking slightly older, right? That's all I've done and now you have a hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars extra for yourself when you retire. Okay, so knowing your future self will impact the way you plan today. Yeah, and visualizing your future and having financial goals actually makes a huge difference in whether or not you achieve them because it makes a difference in how emotionally attached you are. Think about it, right? There's so much research on this. Uh, People react to images, right? Mm -hmm. This is why vision boards are so critical, right? Yep. Pinterest, for example. Exactly, right? And so if you think about packets of cigarettes that have photos of lungs, like people need to see that. Because it's one thing to be told, hey, smoking is bad for you. But when you see what your lung could look like, that's very different. It's the same thing when it comes to charity and donations. Like you have to see, hey, what impact am I having? So anytime you're financially planning for yourself, think about, hey, what am I doing for my future self? And then self-high-five, right? Self-high-five yourself every time you do something right because you're setting your future self up for success. So what I'm going to do after this podcast is I'm going to download an app where I can self-age myself. I've actually done this before and I deleted the app right away. (laughs) But I'm going to keep that image and then plan around what I want my life to look like 30 years from now, 40 years from now. Because that person is real, right? And everything you do today impacts whatever happens to that person. And whether it's finance or health, like they're trying to look at the same kind of strategy in even health terms and say, what if you saw a picture of yourself? If you did the right things, you could look like this. Because that makes it real. I think a lot of struggle people have with finances is so vague. It's like, okay, I save $100. Well, what does that even mean? And 30 years, who knows what's going to happen in 30 years? I think the pandemic and the reason we see these stats where less people are saving for the future is because the future feels murkier than normal, right? It feels more unclear than it's ever felt before. And I think 
planning for your future is really exciting. So when I age myself 30 years, I'm going to think about where I'm going to live. How much is that property going to cost? I might not even be in Canada. So where do I want to be? And I'm going to start planning those images around my future self. Yeah. And instead of being scared about the future, you can be excited about it. And that will help you make the right decisions today. So after everything we just talked about, what are the key takeaways? So the three takeaways, number one, have a long-term plan and vision for yourself, right? So whether it's just on Pinterest, um, sitting down with an actual financial planner and putting something down, think about that future version of yourself, empathize with that person, think about their hopes and dreams, what they're going to do and and make it really rich and real for yourself, right? So think about that plan. That's important. Number two is have a very basic strategy to achieve that goal, right? So do some basic pre-authorized contributions if you can. Set money aside automatically so you don't have to worry about it today. Just set it and forget it. So if you actually start at 20 and you put aside, let's say, $100 a month, so that's the equivalent of give or take 20 lattes, by the time you retire, you would actually have $250,000 saved for your retirement. That's real money. That is real money. And let's say you didn't start at 20 and let's say you're 40 now and you did the same thing and you save $100 a month. That still adds up to $80,000 by the time you're ready to retire. So it's very substantial. Setting it and forgetting it, making it easy for yourself so you don't have to worry about it um, is actually a pretty good strategy. And your bank can actually do this for you. It's very easy to set up. Yes, 100%. All banks can do that for you. Um, It's very simple and easy to set up. And then lastly, number three, and I find this to be really powerful for myself, is have an anti-vision, right? So the first thing is have a vision for yourself. The third thing is have a vision of what you don't want, what you absolutely don't want. Oh, this is good. So if you think, if you sit back and you think about, hey, if 30, 40 years from now, I'm retired and my life is, hey, I'm working and I'm still having to go to work and do my nine to five just to pay the bills, like maybe that's your anti-vision and that's powerful enough for you. So arm yourself with your anti-vision and your future vision and start planning for it. And don't forget to make it shine. Two things you can do right after this podcast. One, Check our show notes, where we have links to free anti-aging apps you can download to see what your future self looks like. And two, go to makeitshinemoney.com for a template you can use to build your anti-vision today. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.